By the way, man, if you ever want to see Michael Fassbender's penis, watch Shame. The royal penis is clean, your highness. Wait, what meeting is this? Um, welcome back to Astronauts Anonymous. I name, my name is Joe Bennett. I'm Viet Lee. Welcome back, everybody. You get a free t-shirt. There's no free t-shirts here. There, yeah, I'm, di I'm disappointed. My name is Ryan Long, and I'm disappointed. And I'm Alex, also known as Michael Fassbender's lower body double in shame. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, now you just pretty much guarantee that if we don't use that intro... People are going to be just generally confused. <laughs> like, what, what is he talking about? Well, we are Astronauts Anonymous. Uh, uh, we apologize that it has been a while since we've recorded. It unexpectedly became a pretty heavy month for pretty much all of us. Um, we, both, was... we all have heavy flows, is what he's saying. Yeah. And you just made it weird. Thank oh. you. Yeah, way, way to be heteronormative, Joe. <laughs> what? <laughs> also... Also, it was... God, I can't... He just snorted. Oh, my God. We lost him. Bring him back. Bring him back. Someone, someone get the crash card. He's code blue. Remember your hate for Firefly. <laughs> That's right. It is a shitty show. Okay. I'm back. Let's try that again. Maybe let's try that again. That's going in. <laughs> all right. Well, as I was saying, we've all had a pretty heavy month. I've uh, been pretty busy. Heavy no, stop it, Ryan. Stop it, both of you. <laughs> um, the flow of Gen Con, Joe. What are you talking about? Yeah, the juices are flowing. Jeez, where's your mind? Yeah, get it out. Of the, get it out of the gutter, you dirty Nelly. You know what? I know what'll make you feel better. There it is. There. I know I feel better. Me too. Joe, mm -hmm. go on with your thought. <laughs> Joe, remember that Ryan hates Firefly. I'm too tired for this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, as I was saying, uh, it's been a pretty busy month for all of us and everything. We... Uh, we had Gen Con, which we will be talking about in a little bit. Yes. Um, really, really big, big weekend for all of us nerds. Um, uh, there was a wedding that had to be attended to, and just general work and general busyness for all of us. Uh, so welcome back. Hopefully we'll be getting back to a new schedule. And for this episode, we are actually going to be trying a new little, a different format than what we're used to. Uh, we heard some news, got some feedback and whatever <clears throat> about how we just kind of go from topic to topic. Um, so to help, we're going to fragment this whole episode and do it backwards. Yes, exactly. Yeah. We're going to do some Quentin Tarantino-style shuffling. There are going to be 13 parts that are going to be switched around in no discernible order. We've also received a lot of really helpful comments on Facebook, and we went to great lengths to bash those people on Facebook explain they didn't know what they were talking about, insult their families and their livelihoods, and try to make them as terrible as possible. I'm assuming this is a Quentin Tarantino reference. Yes. No, actually, if, if you want to watch... Actually, yeah, if you want to see Quentin Tarantino just doing like doing that, watch Quentin Tarantino on BET. <laughs> oh, 
Um, no, but, like, like, please, leave Ryan, leave a link in the comment section when you post this video on Facebook. Will do. To Tarantino on being BET. Oh, my God, that was hilarious. Oh, man. You'll feel more shame than Michael Fassbender did in the movie Shame. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, so we're going to be trying a little bit of a different format. There's going to be a fewer topics. But we're going to go over them a little bit longer period of time. Uh, we are also trying to work on actually starting a blog up. There is a post up somewhere on the web, but it is not official yet. He doesn't know we have a blog. I showed you the blog. You reviewed my my one article that we've written so far. I, I've read an article, but I didn't know we had a blog. It was on a website. I sent you the link to that people can access, which I'm not going to say what that link is because is, it's is, not. A, is that what a blog is? <laughs> yes, yes, that is what a blog is. Pretty much the definition of a blog. <laughs> Guys, we have a blog. Now, is this a blog or a vlog? Not quite sure I, just, I can discern the difference there. Well, a blog is something that's that's written, and a vlog is a, is a, a video. A vlog. I didn't hear yeah, a V there. That's, yeah. Well, no, no. We're trying to do uh, an actual blog, moving into a website, so posting articles and just general thoughts and stuff like that. Uh, so we're not just a podcast. We're trying to be a little, become a little bit more of that. Uh, which once we actually get it a little more substantiated, we will share the what the link and let us know what you guys think of it. We're a multimedia platform. Yes, we're 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 trying to step that direction anyway. Yeah, we're 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 in we're a digital artifice, if you will. I think that's a dirty word. I mean, I don't. <laughs> dirty artifice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of Orifice. Oh, go on, go on. Orifice. <laughs> but yeah, so let's just start um, like we normally do. We are um, just going over our week. Um, anybody in particular want to go first? I'll go first. I don't have shit to talk about. Ryan did nothing. He sat. He sat at home in the dark. Turned off that, all the lights. No, no I want to. I want to call out. I gotta. I gotta go against the grain on this one, Ryan. I'm gonna go against the gong, if you will. I know for a fact you have something to talk about because you spent an entire week hanging out with me at Gen Con. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Ryan's forgotten Shame. all of this. <laughs> Ryan's been... Well, Shame. Uh, he said... <laughs> Ryan has been oh, drunk wow. and high and just like, he's completely forgotten this last month. Well, to be, to be fair, I, I did stay at Ryan's house during the week of Gen Con and the moment I walked in, the door was ajar and Ryan was shaking with a spoon and a lighter and like a rubber band around his arm. Um, and he was he was pretty much like zonked out the whole time, you know. So normal night for Ryan. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The, the song Black Balloon was playing, which was weird because you know that's from the '90s. Um, <laughs> I didn't know if it made any like thematic significance, but he seemed to like it. It's a good song. <laughs> I tried turning it off several times. It, it angered me. <laughs> which he would he would tell me by shaking. <laughs> No, he's vibrating in anger. Yeah, it was like an addict's Morse code. <laughs> so, Ryan, any movies, TV shows, or anything that you've done, or get new games you played? Uh, movies, I accidentally purchased Now You See Me Too, because <laughs> I, I thought I was renting it, uh, but Amazon doesn't make their button very clear, and even though, like, 90% of their movies are like, rent for five bucks or four yeah. bucks or whatever. I was like, oh, I love the first one. So the second one, 
will be great for five bucks. Turns out, it was meh for twelve. <laughs> uh, you're a liar, it's fourteen ninety nine. <laughs> I forgot how much I spent on it, now I feel worse. Thank you, Alex. I'll go fifteen even, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. There's no rent option. There are rent options for every other movie. I like... told you, I'm not lying. I, oh, asked, God. I was... bought that damn thing. <laughs> I have something to say about that, which I'll get into whenever it's my, my no, moment. No, go ahead. No. Amazon sucks. We'll get, I'll, I'll talk about that whenever it's my five minutes. But that's, that's exactly why I have an Amazon Prime subscription to this day, and why I still have a CISO subscription for that matter. I <laughs> <laughs> They'll sign you up for their shit, and then you'll be like, afterwards you'll be like, well, I do use the free shipping, and they have a lot of nice videos that they don't charge you for. I I, I love the audacity of it because, for example, and as you can, I, I mentioned this, I mentioned him before a few times in this podcast, but Michael Fassbender has a 2009 movie called Hunger, which talks about the 1981 IRA hunger strike that no one outside of the UK cares about. That movie you can rent, and they're like, we're sure you're not going to want to buy this, so just try it out. Not for Now You See Me too. They're like, we need every dollar we can. <laughs> exactly. I, got, I was in the middle of watching it, and I got an email that said, thank you for purchasing Now You Can See Me uh, too." Like, uh, Amazon? Did we have a miscommunication here? <laughs> oh, man, I did that once by accident on the Xbox. It, this was, it was my own fault completely. They used to have it back in the day where you could... Uh, when they had the gamer score thing for oh, everything, yeah. you purchase everything with gamer score. So I wanted, and whenever you click on it, it would tell you how much you would need to put in your wallet, how much, how much money you would need to put to get so much gamer score so you could buy it, whatever it was. Yeah. They switched it so it just went straight to dollars. And so whenever you click on that button, it automatically bought it instead of telling you how much you needed to put in your wallet because there was no reason to do that anymore. <laughs> So I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm curious how much money this is for Dead Space. And I click the button and it says, thank you for purchasing Dead Space. Well, shit, I have Dead Space now. All right. <laughs> Was it good? Dead Space is awesome. I love Dead Space. <laughs> but I think if they could get away with it legally, they would make it so that every time your mouse cursor went over the button, you bought it. Oh, God. Yeah, that, oh, they, man, they would. No, Amazon is getting closer to that with their, would you the like to turn click? on one-click yeah. uh, buying? They and, and they even sell these little buttons you can buy for your house if you hate yourself, for yep. uh for like buying Tide detergent when you're out or some shit. Toilet paper. But what if you have like a cat or a child, and they're like, <laughs> okay, button, button. If you if you are, don't care enough about money at all where you have one of those buttons, then I think you're not gonna worry about that anyway. Also, and it's sort of like when parents find out that their kids spent like thousands of dollars on microtransactions. If you gave your kid access to your credit card, you did that to yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Honestly, if a kid, it, well, if I ever made the mistake of having a child and they were like, "Oh, I need money so I can buy, I don't know, Call of Duty skins," I would hand him quarters and be like, "See if you can stick those into the laptop." <laughs> Apparently, you don't like your laptop. Because any child would kids. try that. <laughs> but, okay, so I guess I'll, I'll just move on because I, I do want to say this. Yeah. Um, um, I was you still finished. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Do you still have more to go on? I also had a pizza. Now I'm finished. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was all Ryan's eating this whole month. It was just a pizza. Um, but no. My whole thing, because I went, and actually this last month, obviously I went to Gen Con and did all that too, but... Going off of what we were just talking about with Amazon, 
I went. I was on a goal. I was a mission of mine to finally watch the Batman v Superman Ultimate Cut. I didn't want to buy it though because I was burnt from the theatrical cut. Even though everybody told me that the that the Ultimate Edition, which it is, is much better. Still has its flaws. I also saw it. I disagree with you. Please continue. It's better. I'm not saying it's good still. The, it's a tolerable... It's a much more tolerable They movie. still ruined the best character in DC, Lex Luthor. Which I will, we will get in, I will get into that a little Did bit. Did they actually show him sodomizing Zod's corpse? Basically. Whoa, really? I was just taking a stab in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> but no place can you rent a copy of that... Ultimate Edition. I looked on. I looked on all the video rental things, including Amazon. You can rent the theatrical version on Amazon. You cannot rent the Ultimate Cut though on Amazon. Nor can, is it available in Redbox. Nor is it available on Xbox. Their their uh, online thing. Nowhere can you legally download a rental copy. Of the Ultimate Cup, anyway. Anywhere. So, for the first time since 2007, I stepped into a video rental store. Whoa, what? Hold on, those still exist? Yes! There's a family video that is, like, right down the street from me. If you said Blockbuster, I was about I know. to shit a brick. I know, that's... <laughs> the family video is still kind of around in our area. Blockbuster is, too, in other areas. Not here. What? Yeah, there's like I've read somewhere there's like 21 stores left in America. Joe, I, I have a question for you. Are you the time traveler's wife? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm time traveler's husband. All right. Now just. I mean, whatever designation works for you. But I think Eric Bana brought you this like naked. <laughs> By the way, thank you for all four people who listen to the podcast and the one person in that four who caught that reference. <laughs> I actually did catch that reference. Uh, but there you have it. So yeah, so Family Video did have the ultimate cut, and so, they rented it to you. Yes, and they're still open. I yes, I actually have. Can we a, go back to the fact that they're still open? I know. <laughs> I actually went into a physical video store and rented a physical copy of a new movie at a video store. Was it? But it's it's a membership. At a I, video I, store, yeah. I, I feel like that was deliberate, though, because the only people who are willing to look at the extended cut are either going to go and see it in theaters again, or they have to buy a copy. There's almost no rental option, aside from you, who have time-traveling abilities. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my thing. It's like, DC seems to be on this thing. It's like, we, we got as much money as out of you as possible for the shitty version already, so you can rent the shitty version again if you want. If you want to see the better version of it but still we're not gonna good. make <laughs> we're gonna make you pay yeah that that's if you paid fifteen dollars for like a regular movie ticket and then the other 1999 which is how much it costs on amazon then that is a 45 dollar venture to see a slightly better version of a polished turd yes exactly <laughs> that is exactly right but yeah other than that i also had outside of personal stuff i, I had gen con uh which i actually worked this year yeah, Which... you acted like you were, like, under sniper fire. You assholes! <laughs> I'm, I'm actually working. It's like, I'm trying to volunteer and help out and actually paying attention to the game that I'm supposed... It was actually the pandemic 
World champ, national champion man. Yeah, that's a good game. The winner of that game went off, is going to, um, I cannot remember, Barcelona to play in the world championship of Pandemic. And if you and so much I'm, looked away, the sniper No, but I'm just... trying to actually watch and be a referee, and then these assholes are like, all oh, in this... That's actually, that's, that's actually not what bothered me, not that you're acting like Elijah Wood and Grand Piano, where they're like, even acknowledge a friend and we're going to murder you. Yeah, John Cusack, <laughs> Raptors with a sniper rifle. What bothered me is that you were hosting this very important thing, and they didn't even give you a matching t-shirt. You were the only person that was a referee at that table who did not have a uniform. Yeah, did so, they take you seriously in orange? No, like, what, okay. So what happened? What happened? They, 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 Joe, please explain to us how they catfished you. <laughs> <laughs> which, first off, before I get anything, Kalinda, if you are listening to this, which I highly doubt you are, uh, Kalinda, who is, the good witch of the West. is one of the head people at Z-Man Games. Oh, are we going to call this section the Kalindoscope? <laughs> Kalindoscope, all right. So, yeah, so Kalinda, you are awesome. Thank you for everything you've done. But whenever I go get to Gen Con, it is 8.30 in the morning. Told to meet her there at the front door of the convention hall. And there's a bunch of people. She starts handing out badges and shirts. And gets to my name. Joe, Joe, Joe. I can't find your badge. So, turns out, like, we're sitting there, she's trying to find it, she hands it to everybody, everybody else is gone, she's gotten everybody's badges and shirts, except for mine, and she's freaking out, can't figure out where it is, and then suddenly it hits her, I know exactly where your badge is at. It's in the hotel room. So, luckily, <laughs> yeah, so all of my stuff that I was supposed to get, my shirt, my badge, everything, was still in the hotel room, which was, like, a mile walk, and clearly, you know, she's supposed to be working, we're supposed to be getting set up and everything, uh, so she's not going to go back to the hotel room. So not she without you. luckily got a call from one of the other guys that they weren't showing up that day. So for that day, I didn't, I wasn't officially Z-Man Games because I didn't have the shirt. But my name was also Andrew. <laughs> so first day of Gen Con, I was, I was Andrew. But it worked out the next day, and everything. I got my badge, I got my shirt, and had a great weekend. Um, did, helped out with the Pandemic Legacy Tournament and the uh, Car- Carcassonne tournament, which was a lot of fun and definitely worth it. So again, Z-Man Games, Kalinda, thank you. That was a great experience. So wait, did they ever give you that T-shirt? Like even yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, but why why didn't you wear it? I they gave it to me the next day on what after Gen Con, like on Tuesday. <laughs> they gave it to me the next day. Did they toss it from the truck as they sped off into the sunset? <laughs> Hey, Joe, catch! <laughs> like he has to pick it up a dirty gutter? So yeah, Thursday was the only day I didn't have it. Um, Friday and Saturday actually had free, so I didn't have to wear it those days, but then Sunday I had the shirt and everything. Be honest, Joe, they didn't even give you the right size, did they? <laughs> no, it was the right size. Like it, was like, it was like a woman's medium. <laughs> well, that's what I wear, so, you know. <laughs> that makes sense. By the way, thank you, Joe, for trying to besmirch Kalinda's good name by creating this elaborate fantasy <laughs> of just spirited adventures running around Gen Con. You know, she has a job, Joe, is what I'm saying. Good, I've ground the conversation to a halt. I'm so happy. That, that. So, Alex, how's your month? 
it was awesome. Uh, I went to Gen Con with with Ryan. Um, I got some fun stuff, some great games. Uh, we got to play test some games. I got the the test box for the big game night. You know, AEG big game night. That actually that that box was a total letdown. By the way, it was just a bunch of card games. Yeah, I was like, and they handed it to you in a giant box that could fit easily one or maybe two board games. None, just card games. Most of them that people don't care about. I haven't even opened mine yet. It was free though. So. I mean, well, no, it was free if we paid forty five dollars to sit down and playtest games that other people were playtesting for free. So it was a free forty five dollar box. But that's okay because I needed two. I needed two copies of Love Letter. <laughs> that's I mean that's my dream. Um no, but otherwise I had a blast it I had a blast at Gen Con, hung out with a lot of people. Um recently I guess the one thing I want to talk about is I saw Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh, and I want to see that movie so much. It is my favorite animated film of twenty sixteen and one of my favorite movies of the year. Really good. I don't now I'm as you guys know, I'm stickly Steven. I'm very, very critical when it comes to movies. And especially like childish movies, and I'm I'm not a um, I'm not a Leica like fanatic, you know. Like I thought Paranorman was okay, Coraline was alright. Um, I didn't see the Box Trolls, but I loved Kubo and the Two Strings. It's <laughs> there was actually a moment where things got so creepy that my wife Lauren just actually said out loud, "Nope." <laughs> <laughs> There's been a decent amount of blockbusters and everything this year, but only two movies this year have been, I've been like, I really, really want to see this movie. I'm really legitimately excited about it. Yeah, the one with Fat Nancy Superman. I actually, I didn't know if it was going to be any good. I went in with no reservations, and I liked it better than Zootopia. Uh, I, you know, it's like, I don't think Pixar came out with anything this year. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's my favorite animated movie of the year by far. It has, even though it has, like, a kid main character, it's, like, visually astounding, and there are actual stakes and character development. Not to say that these other movies are bad or anything like that, uh, with the exception of Batman v Superman, but that's just, like, how outstanding this film is from what I've heard, and I'm, I'm planning to see it this weekend. Yeah, go see it. Like, genuinely, it deserves your patronage. Like, they did a really good job. But yeah, other than, like, it was Civil War and Kubo, the two films this year that I'm like, I really am going, I'm going to go see in the theater whenever I can. It is rocking a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes right now, certified fresh. Wow. Yeah, so uh, take that, Batman v Superman. And I, and although I did hear that Kubo is going to release an extended cut for an additional $20 that you can only buy on Amazon. That's got, like, way more... Div- that is... Like, I was mad when Mass Effect released the fake PowerPoint ending. They were like, oh, we fixed some of our glaring problems that we didn't pay up on. And, like, that was bad enough, but the fact that, like, that Snyder did the same thing with Batman v Superman, except he's like, if you want to see the better one, you got to pay for it. Hey, at least Bioware gave it to you for free. Yeah. And and then they released DLC after the game-ending scenario. Yeah. The world's ended, everything's done, let's play DLC about what happens before that. Citadel was amazing. I'm mad at Bioware, I'm miffed. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I still, Mass Effect is still my absolute favorite sci-fi series, so we'll move on to that, from that. But. Shepard. Rex. Shepard. 
<laughs> we can just go on loop. This this podcast will be an hour of us just back and forth saying that if we don't stop already. <laughs> yeah, but go see Kubo. That's the, that's the thing I'm trying to get out to people. Which I plan. Tell tell everybody also since we're on you right now. Tell everybody about your wonderful we watch the skies scenario. Oh God. Wait me. Yes. Okay, this came out. Of left no, hand. Donald. Oh yes, that's right. Bam. So oh, there's a. Forget about con. that. Yep, 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 buckle up. I, I almost forgot about it. But right. well, I'm just going to let you go as long as you want about this, because this is an epic tale. At, okay. um, at Gen Con, they have what's called a Watch the Skies mega game, and it's basically like a model UN. You have eight countries, you have five players, five or six players per country, and you have like the United States, you have Russia, China, um, England, France, you have a whole bunch of other countries, and uh, it's a huge game. It took six hours. It was so exhausting. And um, you come together, and you're supposed to, each person in your team is a different aspect of your country, of what, you know, something in your country. So, like, you have a president, you can have a vice president, you can have a head of the military, you can have, you know, a UN representative, and there are different tables that everybody goes at to do their thing. So, there's a war table, there's a UN table, and there are press releases, there's a press department, and, and you deal with an alien threat. That's why they call it Watch the Skies. So, aliens arrive. Everybody's trying to deal with the alien threat without leaking it to the press, and the press is trying to get proof that aliens exist out to the media. So everybody's working for their own interest. And I decided, before we even got to the game, that I was going to be Donald Trump. <laughs> I, you played it perfectly, sir. I, I, play, I did it to the best of my ability. I really did. To the point that <laughs> every time you went and talked to the media, I feared for our country's safety. <laughs> Like, and not just in the game. Like, legitimately <laughs> here for the country's safety. I, I genuinely thought I was going to be assassinated at some point. I was never assassinated. In fact, what's really sad is that I saved the world as Donald Trump. What? Um, <laughs> I, because, like, you have all these different projects, right? And you get, like, I can get extra money for being for being a president. I have, like, private money that I can invest to, like, make our nation stronger and stuff. And we were sitting at the table before we even started, and it's it's very freeform. So if you can come up with an out-of-the-box thing, the Game Masters will facilitate it as long as you roll for it and spend money and invest in it. And we were sitting at the table just talking, and someone made a reference to Zelda and the Song of Time. And it hit me, like, time travel. Time travel is how you win the game. And so I went up to the Game Masters, and I was like, can our group research time travel? And they were like, sure, I don't see why not. And he's like, can we already be feeling the effects of time travel because in the future we'll have succeeded because we know we invested. And I had to speak with like three different game masters and we talked about it for like 20 minutes before the game even started. And they were like, all right, it has to be a special thing. You have to put so much money in so many turns, but like turn four out of a nine turn game, you can have time travel if you spend enough money. The game starts, I almost bankrupt the United States. I actually, Trump Enterprises goes bankrupt because I put all of my personal money into it. I'm just, I basically have these two giant halves of money. I give one half to my wife who was running the science department. She is Professor Gary Oak, and then, or Professor Oak. And then I handed uh, the other half of the national defense budget over to our Secretary of Defense, Chris, who was Peter Baelish. He was Secretary of Defense Peter Baelish. Um, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Uh, Ryan was my vice president, uh, Mountain Dew Camacho from Idiocracy. So he was awesome. It's Terry Crews. Go look it up. And by turn four, we get time travel. And they're like, boom, you've succeeded. Now, Lauren over at the science table is spending all this money on a secret project so nobody can see. So it looks like she's wasting money because she's spending more money than any, any other country hand over fist. 
Then all of a sudden, the GMs come up to us and they're like, all right, every turn now, you get a free science, you get a free automatic success on the military table, and you get free money. So we just started rolling in. And during the alien, with this alien invasion, there are all these problems, like there are riots, economies and everything start collapsing. I just started getting random money all over the place. Like Peter Baelish had future soldiers come in from the past to help him out. And so basically we were sitting there in like modern day America with space Marines. Like, running in and getting people out. Let me stop you at one part real quick, because this is the way it was explained to me by Chris. Chris said, was trying to figure out how money would work and everything for, you know, the, the defense stuff. And he apparently talked to one of the game masters and just says, Hey, since we have time travel, can't we see future trends and use that to our benefit to get more money? And he says, like, one of the game masters just, like, pauses for a second and just goes, Shit. Yes, and that's how you guys started just generating extra money. Yeah, even even before it was the next turn, we would have money just randomly pop up in our box. And in the middle of our turns, too, like, one of the GM, or GMs would just come to us and go, here, you know what this is for, and it'd just be a box of money. And, and, and I was the gopher, so Alex was like, hey, go deliver this to military. Our military guy spent more money than every other country at the table Combined. Which is America. It, so, it, America. it got to the point where Chris actually came up and he's like, yeah, I'm actually running out of nefarious things to do and I need ideas. So we used our, t- we used our time travel technology to steal all of the nuclear material out of half of China's nukes and replace them with marshmallow. And then, and then I told that to the Game Master and he's like, why? I'm like, because this is Operation Stay Puffed. So we stole half of China's nukes and we replaced them with marshmallow. Um, we were going to do it to other countries, but we got caught up. And, like, for example, I researched a universal alien translator, and they're like, how are you going to explain that? That's going to come up in national defense meetings. So the news people come up, and because I'm Trump, I'm like, we're developing a universal translator, so that way any legal Americans who come in here are going to speak American. There's only one language now, and it's the language of freedom. Follow me on Twitter. Like, <laughs> it didn't matter. I could just say whatever I wanted, and basically <laughs> I had you use that to your advantage so beautifully. I was that a was giant not- ignorant smokescreen, and I basically had a whole bunch of brilliant people behind me that were changing the entire future of the world because I was distracting everything. You kept they were like, like so, every time so, the media so, talked to you, you were like, yeah, I'm going to help out the uh, the poor developing countries by dropshipping, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, yeah, you know, Australia needed help because of an alien menace, and they're like, is it true that you're sending aid to fight aliens? I'm like, I'm not sending aid to fight aliens. I'm airlifting one million units of The Apprentice on Blu-ray. Every single season, they're going to have access to it. Because those are seasons about winning, and I'm a winner. And Australia's going to learn how to win from my example. And everybody thought I was just stupid. Yeah. We had so many black tokens from the media. Yep, you get black tokens if you do something good, or if people like stuff you do, or white tokens if you do something good, and then black tokens if you do something bad. I had like ten black press tokens by the end of it. The press guy comes up and he goes, like, this crazy news guy comes up and he goes, is it true that the uh, British royal family are part alien? I'm like, no, I'm not telling you they're part alien. You know why? Because I've seen their teeth. They don't have sharp teeth. They got those big cow teeth. In fact, <laughs> answer, answer me this news, man. Why does every famous British actor got a giant shovel head? Andrew Garfield, shovel head. Robert Pattinson, shovel head. Matt Smith, no eyebrows and a shovel head. I'm telling you right now, you're hearing it from President Trump, who's president for life, by the way, 
every single British person is descended from the protoceratops, the Cretaceous dinosaur. <laughs> it didn't matter. And it's like, and, and so by it, by the time we had basically set everything up that we were leaps, leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else in dealing with this alien menace, it was like turn seven out of nine. And finally, people were coming up on the science table and people were coming up to me and they're like, because uh, the GMs created this alien uh, galactic police that are there to stamp, st- stamp down time travel because the GMs hated that we developed time travel. Which literally had never <laughs> been part of any game before. No, nope. so this one. So these two dreadnoughts, alien dreadnoughts, show up outside of Saturn and they're like, unless you surrender your time tech, we're going to destroy Earth. And then everybody's looking around and they're like, who the hell has time tech? <laughs> by the end of the game every single planet's science and espionage department was in the United States trying to find my time machine yeah that's right one of my favorite though is how you ended up winning though was because oh, oh. oh yeah, yeah so like we, we're in our final turn and we're and we're like alright this alien dreadnought is demanding that you guys surrender your time travel or else we'll blow the planet and I was like oh I volunteer to surrender the time travel technology and they're like really I'm like oh yeah and then I go up to the GMs and I'm like, I'm not actually, I'm not giving them my time. I'm using my time travel device to tell, we, uh, Lauren actually, being a, an actual, like, effective science person, she went back to Area 51 um, in the 60s and found that the aliens that crashed there were part of the same aliens that were hanging out at Saturn that were part of the time police. So she built a biological weapon. And so I teleported the biological weapon along with all of America's nukes and along with all of China's nukes onto that dreadnought to blow it up. And they're like, and I want them to know that it was Donald Trump that did it. And they're like, how are aliens going to know? I'm like, because the nukes are going to come with a video of me saying, this is President Donald Trump. You fired. And then it's going to blow up. (laughs) And I blew up the dreadnoughts that were hanging out by Saturn. And I basically allowed the Earth to come out as a new villain for the galaxy to fight. Because we had future soldiers and we couldn't be stopped at that point. And an, a rogue alien tried to activate all the nukes in the silos in America because they stole our nuclear launch codes, but they couldn't blow them up because I'd already used all of America's nukes. Yep. <laughs> and it was funny because none of the aliens wanted to deal with me. None of the countries wanted to ally with me. And despite the fact that nobody wanted my help, I saved the world in spite of itself. By making it the galaxy's enemy? Yep. Absolutely. And then after the game, for the rest of Gen Con, we'd be walking down the hallway or something, and then somebody from the Mega Game would see us and be like, Trump! Because <laughs> everybody, everybody, every country leader gave, like, a big speech right before the end of the game. Like, Russia, they had, like, Russian music playing as they were giving a speech, and they all had Russian hats. And then I came up there, and they were like, Trump, you're, you've always been anti-immigrant. Why are you fine with these aliens? And, he, and the, the, alien, the refugee aliens that are on Earth. And I'm like, because I'll tell you something. They're not in America, and I've got the best science. I know all the science. And our scientists have proven that the aliens on the planet right now are 100% not from Mexico. They're not a threat. <laughs> and then I was like, but the ones that are over by Saturn, they're not sending their best. They're not sending their lawyers or their doctors. They're sending their probers. They're sending their abductors. And some, I assume, are good creatures. <laughs> yeah, he literally went on stage and said all that. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. By, it's, strangely enough, by the end of the game, people love Trump. It... It it was sad and terrifying and fun. <laughs> it was terrifying to be the vice president because Vice President Camacho. <laughs> reporters would come up to me and be like, "Is it true that uh, President Trump is going to airlift a million copies of The Apprentice?" I was like, "I don't 
No. Which the funniest <laughs> part of that whole thing for me was that Ryan, you you ended up having to go to a wedding or some like you had the wedding to go to halfway through the game. Yeah. And so I'm just at Gen Con enjoying my time, and all of a sudden I get a text from Chris saying. Hey, Ryan needs to leave. We need another vice president. So I'm like, all right. So I go and join the game, and I'm learning all this stuff, like, the last few rounds, and just getting this flood of ridiculousness coming in the middle of this game. You're like, wait, I'm vice president, and Trump is president. Yeah. I give up. (laughs) Well, yeah, I, yeah. we let you go for an extremely long time. But you got anything else you want to go over before we move over to V? No, I, I've taken up way too much time. <laughs> that was worth Vita, it, though. can you top that? <laughs> Why would I want to? That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my, you know, basically I spent my weeks, you know, planning stuff. and But that was awesome. <laughs> I have nothing to compare to that. It's like... It's like comparing apples to oranges. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. <laughs> apples to trunks. You know, I'm the only schlub here who couldn't go to Gen Con because I was broke. I was broke too, but I got in free. So I went and watched... Clever broke person. You know, I went and watched Lights Out, which just advocated suicide. Ooh. Really? Really didn't help in the, the whole bad way. <laughs> Wait, are you just saying like you were that depressed by watching it? or? No, I'm. Li- if, if you've not seen Lights Out, watch it, and I guarantee it. Mom, what are you doing? I'm saving your lives. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I like the short that it was based off of. Yeah, the short that it was based off of was awesome, but the, you know, the, the movie was just like, really, that's, that's, that's my takeaway from it? Kill yourself if you're that depressed? That's By the way, don't you feel like Lights Out would have been a better name for the blind guy horror movie that's coming out called Don't Breathe? That would have been perfect for that movie. Yeah. Good job, James Wan, producer. Wait, James Wan, what is else? He's working on something big, isn't he? Oh, yeah, he's a huge director. He's actually a really successful director, too, James Wan. Isn't he working on Aquaman? Uh, yeah, he did Saw, I think. Is he Aquaman? He's working on Aquaman, I thought. Wait, Aquaman is going to be a solo movie? They're not going to just crunch him in in the last five minutes? Well, they're going to do the that, too, but they're gonna, he's, he's going to get in his own movie like he's one gonna, okay, afterwards. Okay, I get it. So oh, yeah, yeah, he also did He did Saw and Furious 7 and Insidious and The Conjuring. Okay, see, he did Furious 7, so I like him now. <laughs> yeah. Insidious uh, was good. I'm not going to lie. I liked Insidious. No, I mean, he's a good director. Like, the, he makes he makes competent films. But no, I mean, other than that, planning, just planning stuff and, you know... I mean, I, I can't compare it to President Trump. I'm sorry. I mean, there, there's no <laughs> literal way like we, it... We, Alec, we should have made Alex the finale. You know, we should have. Yeah, that was my bad. Damn it, Joe. Thanks, Joe. I'm sorry, guys. I mean, now you make me look lame. Yeah. <laughs> you know, don't Gary, worry. Don't Gary's worry. gonna freaking love this, and I look freaking lame. <laughs> well, but yeah, okay. Well, on that then, let's move into our first actual topic then. Like I yeah, said, yeah. Why not? This this <laughs> and so we're testing out a new format. Um, we're gonna have just short or. Er, Fewer topics, uh, but longer period of time. So we kind of already talked about it, but we can talk a little, a little bit more about what we did and what we saw and everything there. But obviously, big thing that happened this month was Gen Con. Um, I were as I mentioned before, I worked it. This is the first year I ever worked it. Which again, thank you Z-Man Games, thank you Kalinda. Um, had a great time. 
worked the pandemic and the Carcassonne tournaments. Under gunpoint. What? Under gunpoint. Yeah, uh, hashtag give me the shirt. (laughs) (laughs) I got the shirt. (laughs) Hashtag my name is Andrew. Yeah, (laughs) it was Andrew for a day. Um, But no, it was a really good time. I ended up picking up four new games. I got, um, well, yeah, I... Actually, no, I ended up picking three new games, but I can still pick one because I work there, so I just need to message Glinda, and I can get another game. I'm still debating what it's going to be. But I ended up getting um, the new um, expansion for... Expansion slash standalone for Dead of Winter, which is my absolute favorite board game that I have. Um, Who here has played Dead of Winter? Yeah. I have. I've played it. Okay, I I I thought we all had at some point, but... Absolutely love that. It add, it adds a lot of new, not a lot of new stuff, but it does add a, a decent amount of new characters, a bunch of new crossroad cards, and bandits. Now, bandits are interesting because they don't do much except for getting your way. But then you also have secret laboratory in there that releases special zombies, which are just a pain in the ass to fight. <laughs> So it's it, it's pretty nice, but I picked up that I picked up um, Spectre Ops, which is a hidden movement game. I wanted to pick up last Friday, but that had apparently like sold out right away. So I didn't get the last Friday, which I'll get into that. We can get into that a little bit later. But I picked up that. I ended up getting Flick 'em Up for free, and I'm not sure what my last game's gonna be yet, but I can. Order Wait, that. is is Flick 'em Up the Cowboys and Indians? Yes, it is. I hate that game. <laughs> I, did not, I did not get to play it. I, I have no idea how to play it or anything, but... It's it's the most accurate depiction of the Native Americans like fighting against Western expansion because they lose no matter what. <laughs> there is an expansion guess, you the Indians, Indians in that uh, uh, trial that you did there, uh, Alex. <laughs> did you play the big trial where they had the giant disc and all that? I did, and I was really excited to murder as many white invaders as I could. Um, but unfortunately, the stipulations are the bandits only have to fire at your totem three times, whereas the the Native Americans have to kill every single bandit. <laughs> oh, wow. And, and which is funny, because the message that game sends is if the Native Americans want their, their home, they have to murder every white person in the land. <laughs> so it's accurate. Uh- <laughs> yeah, very, very, very even game. Hashtag sarcastic. I heard a lot of complaints about that the giant version was just a pain because it's a dexterity game, which this is the first dexterity game I've ever owned. And apparently the if you make it bigger, it just makes it harder to control. So I heard a lot of people, people complaining about that, but I own it. I got it for free because somebody had left it at the end of Gen Con whenever we had loaded everything else up. So everything's gone except for, like, some trash or whatever, and there's just this box, and it has Flick'em Up, and they're just like, hey, did somebody leave Flick'em Up here? Nobody called it. And it's like, okay, well, does anybody want Flick'em Up? So I got Flick'em Up for free. So wait, wait, you found it in a trash can, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody bought it at Gen Con and then just left it on the floor, because they... That's how much they hated it. They just wanted to make sure nobody else picked it or bought it. You didn't take that as a hint. You thought, boy, this will be fun to play. 
Yeah, no, I own Flick'em Up now because somebody left it in Gen Con. I have a similar story with Now You See Me Too. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I almost ended up getting Broadside and Pandemic Cthulhu for free because those demo copies where they're just like, these are what we use for the demos. We have no idea if there's pieces missing or not. And they gave them out to people, but other people picked them up before I was able to. Oof. Yeah. Well, that's such a Gen Con. There's probably pieces missing. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that was my basic experience of Gen Con this week. Anybody else, except for the whole We Watch the Skies thing, have anything really interesting they want to talk about with Gen Con? Or we're just going to get to the games? The True Dungeon was a lot of fun. Me and Alex ran through uh, two scenarios? I've never done True Dungeon. Really? Yeah. Uh, Well, yeah. I mean, it's basically just like D&D, but in real life. Uh, They take you through a dungeon. Uh, Each room is a different puzzle or a different fight. Hmm. And instead of rolling dice, they have you shove these sliders with your with a plastic key. pogs. They're pogs. Pogs. With these right. pogs, which they're pogs. Your weapon pog, and you slide it against like the silhouette of basically the monsters that you're fighting, and like wherever it lands is how much damage you do it, and it's like the head is like a crit, and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, the the DM in that room still rolls a die for, like, its attack and stuff, so yeah. it's, it's pretty D&D-like. Uh, but they also have, like, I mean, the atmosphere is amazing. They have, like, music and gongs and stuff going off. and. Uh, it was the entire basement of uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And there was a giant fucking animatronic uh, fireworm that sprayed us all with acid and killed us. That's oh, kind of wow. awesome. Um, and when it first popped up, it actually scared me a little. <laughs> Not gonna no, lie. wait, was it a giant just, spider we killed the second time? <laughs> What's that? Was it a giant spider we killed the second time? Uh, no, the giant spider was halfway through our first one. That's right. We That's killed right. a giant, well, we got away from a giant beholder. Uh, That's right, yeah, beholder. The second time. No, I thought we defeated it, we killed it. Uh, I thought we just didn't die. I no, no, we, we successfully killed it. Oh, we did? Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Late celebration. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see how yeah. Ryan was paying, paying to it. Yeah, we and and we played. Well, also, actually, something I found out is, despite the fact that True Dungeon is made entirely with plastic pogs, uh, people pay thousands of dollars for some of them. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Seriously, there is an entire economy around True Dungeon pogs. Um, and we played with. I want to say the worst employees True Dungeon had to offer, followed by some of the best employees. Like, the first session, the lady who was supposed to be a trader and stuff, the way I described it to Ryan, it was either her first day on the job or her last day on the job. But she looked like she didn't care about anything, and we were trying to, like, have fun and make jokes. And I made a joke at one point, and a DM told me to take two damage. Um, and then she does her... Like, she walks away, she goes, oh, I'll be right back, don't follow me. I was like, oh, curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. Um, And then we come in, and she's on a platform reading from cards, and she can't pronounce anything. So she's like, I am a drow priestess from the Urbalan Pan. I'm not even making this. You have come upon, and I will serve the spider goddess and we will work in a team and I, you couldn't hear anything because it's so loud she's, she's mumbling and we're like oh, okay so we're gonna fight 
got it. Okay. Uh, but the next group was super fun, and we actually played with like a professional, like somebody who pays thousands of dollars for stuff. Yeah, she had a book, like a freaking book, book full of these tokens, some worth hundreds of dollars. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and uh, well, she was actually specialized to be a wizard, but some of the players there that had already played right, wizards right. were douchebags and right, didn't right. let her be a wizard. Right. And, right. Yeah, I know, dicks. What? <laughs> uh, so she played uh, a bard, but she was still kick-ass because she had, like, a lot of, uh, like, if we win this scenario, get, like, seven extra treasures when in a normal adventure we get two. Oh, nice. And and shit like that. And, uh, and she, like, knew everyone there and, like, knew all the puzzles. It would get close to the time of the end of the puzzle and she'd be like, um, we should probably connect that thing to there and then hurry up. <laughs> like, it was great. Uh, but, uh, yeah. What was I saying? Uh, you guys were talking <laughs> about True Dungeon. I was just letting you go on. Yeah. Just let me do your rant. Rant, yeah. I always mean to do True Dungeon. I just, I just never got the chance. And every single time, I know it's not this, and especially with the way you just described it and everything. But I just think like it's this very elaborate LARP. It is. Well, no, it's not. It's not LARPing in that you're actually not allowed to play your characters. Like, and um, both times I went, I wanted to be the barbarian because he was simple. Like the barbarian is, he swings and he does damage. That's it. I don't have to worry about stuff. Every time somebody else just happened to want to be the barbarian and would refuse to yield. So, like, I had to play the bard, and there were, like, 45 symbols I had to memorize. And then if I wanted to do a knowledge check as a bard, they would show me just a random symbol, like three squiggly lines and a middle finger. And they're like, what is this? And I was like, uh, frustration. And he goes, oh, no, this is the law and justice. You don't get a knowledge check. So I'm like, <laughs> like what? what? And, and, yeah, and then the first time, there was some really weird dude that wasn't with anybody else that was just sitting alone. And he didn't tell anybody that he'd already chosen the Barbarian, so the DM let me set up a Barbarian and then was like, oh, there are two of you guys, we're not allowed to have two Barbarians in the party, one of you has to be something else. And then he just sat there creepily, and I'm like, well, you'll murder me if I try to take this from you. So, <laughs> so I had to become the Bard. And then the next time, what did I have to be in the next one? Um, was I a fight? No, I think I was the Dwarf Fighter. Yeah, you were the Dwarf Fighter. Yeah. yeah, and because there was somebody else who apparently also was, you know, Make-A-Wish Foundation, and they were dying of cancer, and they just wanted to be a barbarian. Like... <laughs> I saw the glee, like, leave Alex's face. He was like, finally, I get to be a barbarian. He was holding on to the barbarian thing, and then the DM just takes it away from him. And gives it to this other person. <laughs> was only a kid, or no? These these were this is true dungeon, so these were all adults. Yeah. <laughs> Alex's face went from like the highest amount of joy to just disappointment. This again. Yep. Fine. See if I heal your ass. Now, actually, when we when we fought the beholder. Um, they were like, uh, oh yeah, because the professional lady was a bard, and and the DM they were actually fun. They were fun that second time around, and so they were like, well, you have to sing bard, and she's like, I don't know what to sing, and so I started, and I got the whole group singing. I was like, at first I was afraid, I was petrified, <laughs> and like 
not only did we all get into it, but the person behind the beholder, like on the microphone, started saying it too, and she was like, damn it, now it's in my head. <laughs> yeah, we got a beholder singing. That's great. Yep. yep. That's, that, the bard was doing its, their job perfectly. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that was uh, that was pretty much True Dungeon. So True Dungeon was kind of fun. A lot of people take it super seriously, so just watch out for that. Yeah, yeah. I might. I'll probably do it next year then. It sounds it sounds fun. Yeah, it's a the, special tip. Like if somebody comes in with a book and wants to be at that class, let them be that class. Let them be that class. The one event that I actually did uh, was kind of funny. Um, I went because as listeners of the podcast know, we're friends with. Um, one of the members of Cosplay Deviants. And every year, Gen Con, they have their adult game show thing. Which, so I went there with a mutual friend, another friend of Squeaks, actually. And at first, just, uh, it, it was funny because there's just the exact type of people that you know are going to be at the adult game show, at the adult game show thing for Cosplay Deviants. And not to begrudge anybody, because, you know, everybody's free to be whoever they want, everything like that, but we're lost at first. Me and our other mutual friend, trying to find out which line is the line to get into this place. And the thought just hits me suddenly. It's like, alright, what's the creepiest looking dudes, what's the line with the creepiest looking guys in it? I bet that's the line. And yes, I was right. <laughs> so... We go in there and... So you found your kind. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I found my people. <laughs> but we go in there and it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, Squeaks was up on stage doing her thing. Uh, they had a bunch of different game shows, all this stuff, and they would pick people from the audience. The first one, I, I was kind of, I was getting into it. I was having fun, you know, and they start going around asking who wants to do, who wants to be in the game show, who wants to be in the game show. Uh, and I rose my hand. Well, yeah, sure. Why not? I'll go on stage. And one of the games they have, one of the very first ones they have, is the girls dress in from head to toe in like this knit sweater. And it's two teams. It's two girls with two teams. And the game is to try and pull the string as fast as you can to undress the girl so they're in their underwear and everything. Because again, it's cosplay deviants. And I'm raising my hand. You know, I'm like, this will be fun. And then our, my friend that was with us, who's a, another, another friend of Squeaks, just like, you realize I'm pretty sure that Squeaks is the girl in this game. <laughs> so my hand just goes down because that would be weird. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, other than that, like I, I had a lot of fun at Gen Con. Uh, really good time. Lot of new games. What, what games did you guys pick up anyway? I already said my games. Alex got one of the same ones that you got, the Dead of Winter expansion. Yeah, uh, I, I also got Mystic Veil, vale, which was, it, instead, it's like Dominion, but instead of building your own deck, uh, everybody has the same deck starting out, and you build your own cards. You upgrade cards with different, like, good and bad abilities. Um, and that's really fun. And, uh, whatchamacallit, there was, oh, there's a, there's a Cosmonaut game. I can't remember what it's called, Lauren has it. Um, but, Huh? Uh, let's see. Let me check real quick. Um, what should we call it? Uh, 
shit. It's like it might be Cosmonaut Encounters or Cosmic Encounters, but it was like it's got like little cute art and whatnot. That's super fun. Um, oh, Frontlines No Comrades. That's what it's called. Oh, I didn't hear about that one. Yeah, Frontlines No Comrades. Uh, and then there's another one that I got where it's like God Hates Charades. That's another one that I got. Um, That's a great name for a game. Yeah. Oh, I also got a game called Orcs, 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 which is a tower defense board game. Nice. Four wizards are on a tower defending themselves from orcs, but eventually you have to kill the other three wizards. Oh, that's kind of awesome. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but I really want to. Um, yeah, so I got a, Oh, I also played... I did not buy this. I did, played this at the AG game night. I played Automobiles, which is the slowest racing game ever designed. <laughs> what do you think of when you think racing game? Do you think a flat board with wooden cubes? Well, you're in for a treat, buddy. No, 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 but uh, yeah, I would not recommend Automobiles. That one sucked. Like, I understand they had three games, like Planes, Trains, and they had another game called Automobiles, so it's like the John Candy movie. (laughs) Uh, But Automobiles is a terrible game. Mystic Veil is fun, though. Uh, Oh, and uh, whatchamacallit, there's another one, Greedy Greedy Goblins, which is by the guy that made Magic the Gathering. Yep, where you're a group of goblins that are trying to excavate mines, and then you you place everything face down. So you place all the good stuff that you want in a mine that you want to claim. Oh, but if some, yeah, if somebody puts their goblin on that pile, then they claim it, and then you can put like dynamite and stuff to screw with other people. Yeah, I was with my friend Tyler. He picked that up at Gen Con actually, so I played that this weekend. Yeah, it's fun, fun and fast. It's yeah, it's fun and fast. So what like, you, uh, like you pick up anything? Yeah, yeah. I got a cold. <laughs> so you pick up a cold, alright. At Gen Con, yeah. Like, got wicked sick. It was like, Sunday at, like, uh, we left Gen Con, and my body's like, well, uh, now that we're done with that, I can cease to function. <laughs> so I got in sick. Uh, so you succumbed to the con funk. Yeah. Uh... Con plague. Yeah, the con I plague. That's what it's called, but, uh, Aside from that, it, I didn't get anything fun. It comes off of the confunk. So. <laughs> yeah. The confunk leads into the con plague. Yeah. But that was... Uh... There, it there it is. Ryan, promise me now, don't ever stop the gong. <laughs> <laughs> I have no opinion, positive or negative, on the gong anymore. The gong is your life, Joe. Eventually, you will marry the gong. But then right after you marry the gong, the gong will leave you because it's going to turn out to be a lesbian. <laughs> wow. Getting <laughs> a little too close to home there. <laughs> oh. Sorry, a, a, a little bit of uh, Joe's soul just came out of the speaker there. So I I think that um, for now anyway that's enough talk about board games. So we actually thought of a different route for this week as well. I we came up with another general topic that we thought was going to be really fun. Go ahead, do it. it. Now you're not going to. Okay, so I prompted. You don't want to do it. Whenever I don't prompt it, I see how it is. Mm. Is dinner ready? 
Because that smells good. <laughs> God, we have number five ready. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's okay, he's Asian. What, what, what do you mean, whoa? No, we're not auto whoa. Number five. You know, as, as a white person, I'm still very uncomfortable with this. <laughs> I want it. I want it to be like like all good suburban white people. I want it to be publicly known that I don't endorse this. Sweet, I'm no, biracial. Nor did I force Joe to do this under duress. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. You get our cousin here for free. Oh right? boy, it's, it's killing me a little bit each time. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to talk to other suburban white people when we meet up at Olive Garden. See, I'm multi-racial, so I'm comfortable with everything. I'm like a paper plate <laughs> in a snowstorm. Okay. So anyway, what, what, we wanted, what we decided, as an, what we thought would be an interesting topic this week, uh, talk about um, video games in general, uh, specifically sequels. Now, everybody has their favorite video game series, and a lot of these video game series have sequels. However, that does not mean that every video game that we love does have a sequel. Sometimes, much to our ire. So we thought an interesting topic for this week would be games that will never get a sequel that we wish they would. Kingdom Hearts, for instance. <laughs> Ryan's going to ride that bandwagon until Kingdom Hearts 3 does come out. It's never coming out. <laughs> After Kingdom Hearts 2 came out... They have teased the fuck out of Kingdom Hearts you mean 3. Frack. Yeah, they have teased the the frick the frickin they 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 frackin there you go. flippity flap teased it. <laughs> did you just turn it to Foghorn Leghorn? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. I I also don't I don't endorse Foghorn Leghorn and what he represented. Just putting that out there. <laughs> Now, now I said, now I said, look here, son. Nope, not on board. <laughs> you may, you may say as you wish, but I don't, I don't endorse that. That's not going to get my sponsorship. <laughs> so if he had were to do an Asian popcorn, that would be your ultimate. Uh... I, I might, my, I might black out and find out that I had like signed off hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, we all kind of went, thought about it a little bit and went over game, thought of games that we want. Obviously, Ryan is asking how there's I am going to... I'll just start us off here with my first one. Mad Max. Now, I talked about the this... The Fury Road one? It's, it's a... They, Mad Max in general. They're, the <laughs> game was just called Mad Max. This came out shortly after Fury Road came which wasn't that long ago. Why are no, you... So, because, I, it, again, this is... Even if it's recent, it's games that I know will never get a sequel. Yeah, why are you so adamant that it won't? Because. The, the studio... The movie did great. Uh, like, they might uh, have another man, movie, and if they do, it will have another game. I cannot game. think of the name of the studio right now that did it. God, I had it, and I know I know what it is, but... Um, Somebody at the computer can look, look this up because it's going to kill me, the name of the studio that did Mad Max, a video game. Here, let me check my phone. Um, but while you're doing... <laughs> I should have seen that coming. Why didn't I see that coming? I put my trust in you for a second, and this is what I get. I'm oh, sorry, there's only one setting on my phone. I forgot. But anyway, the Mad Max video game is... 
it's this open world. I talked about a couple couple shows ago. Very open world. It's just you drive anywhere you want. You, you do different missions. The problem with it is beautiful and as fun as it is, it's very bare bones. It's very much like a, the first Assassin's Creed was, where it's you can see what they were trying for, and it has a lot of fun, interesting concepts, but it's very repetitive and just not there yet. Yeah, I loved the Assassin's Creed series, but the first one was an extended playtest at best. Exactly, which this that is exactly what the Mad Max video game is. Avalanche Studios. Avalanche. Thank you. Thank you. And from what I hear, No Man's Sky did the same thing. That's, yes. <laughs> I think they did to even a worse degree, because No Man's Sky, they were like, let's uh, proce- let's do procedural generation as much as possible so we can have as few artists as possible and try to get away with it. And they just make nothing interesting in the game. Well, yep. I mean, it was yep. an interesting thought. Like, programmatically, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a, a, a very, like, Big feet. Yeah. Oh no. God. Yeah. I'm not. Uh, again, that's a whole other topic which we could talk for a while. Like we, if if at any point we actually, I get the time to sit down and mess with No Man's Sky, and we we want to talk about it, definitely a worthy topic to go over. Um, but yeah. So Mad Max is very much just this very open world game that's very beautiful to look at, and is just I'm obsessed with. It. Even though I'm very much aware that it is incredibly repetitive, and there is very little point in continuing the story or anything. Like, once you beat the main plot, like, you're just doing fetch fetch quest and doing the same fights over and over and over again. So you're a completionist? I With this game, I am. I don't know why. And it makes no sense, but I really like this game. And you can see, like, with the way the combat, the car combat... Uh, and the way you upgrade your characters and everything, like you can see what they were going for, but they just don't hit the mark or take it far enough, is the problem. So, for me, that's that's my first pick. Well, if um, they would come out with this, okay, just sorry, just no, no, go ahead, go ahead. If they would come out with a sequel, then what would you have them do different? First off, I would make it so that the settlements that you go into are not basically all the same thing. Like, in the game, you have... They're literally carbon copies, and you can tell. Pretty, yes. Like, they look different, and they're story advancement, but all these settlements, you, you do the same upgrades. Um, there's really no advantage over one over the other. And all of the outskirt areas that you can scavenge, every single person that's not in one of those main camps is an enemy. They will just attack you straight up. So I would like it if they changed up some of the characters. Like some settlements you go into, yes, it's just straight up psycho guys that want to kill you and stuff like that. Others, though, it's people that you can trade with. Others are just like a lone family out in the middle of nowhere that are trying to protect their own stuff and they don't want to fight. Things like that. Right now, it's literally you just go in place and some guys will crazy come out at you and try and kill you and just take all their stuff. So giving, because that's, to me, that's an interesting part of Max, is that he believes he's just this guy that is out to survive no matter what, but he always ends up in these situations where he helps people. So I think making it more about that and showing more that there's more than just crazy psycho people on the outskirts of the world, outside of the settlements, would be an interesting way to take it. Yeah, did, I didn't get to play the game, uh, The fir- I mean, the first one, and it sounds like... The only, only one, yeah. Uh, yeah. But did they have anything like they did in the movie where 
like well, like the scene where they take uh, that they run into a lady that's on a tower, and mm-hmm. she's like, "Hey, help me!" No. And it's like, "Oh, well, I could help this person, but they might rob me." And she like fucking does. Yeah, uh, no, well, almost. No, does. yeah, she tries to at first, but then they realize that she's part of yeah. Because that, that no spoilers for the people who haven't seen the movie. The two of you. But <laughs> that haven't seen the movie that's been out for years. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, you. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, exactly. Wow. <laughs> Max dies at the end. Fuck you. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> but no, that would be an interesting uh, uh, yeah. sort of dilemma. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And every area has the exact same things that you do in it. Like, mix it up a little bit. Give me something else. Make it so that other vehicle, like, you collect other vi- vehicles, and there's a decent amount of other vehicles. Can but there is zero reason to ever have it. Some of them you can a little bit, not really though. But also they, they touted, I remember before it came out, they were touting like upgrading your vehicle in different ways makes, an, makes a serious effect on it. Like how it controls, you can have better handling if you do it this way or better armor if you do it this way. Well, honestly, you know what would be great? Not just upgrades, but it would be great if there were downgrades. Cars should break down. Gasoline should be like guzzoline should be incredibly important, and it should be like you have this cool car, but you just don't have the fuel, you don't have the parts. You know, you need a radiator for it. Where are you going to get a radiator in the wasteland? That would be a great idea. I would love that. Like gasoline is an important part of the game, or it's a factor in the game, but you never run out of it. Like yeah, you're never, yeah. I'm never worried about not having enough gas. Let's and see. and there there are a few um there are a few series that would have room for just like random non sequitur scenarios as Mad Max because his life is just randomly running into shit and just dealing with it. So you could be a Mad Max that was just an evil murderer. You could be a Mad Max that was kind. You could be a Mad Max that was just weird. And also, that would be a great excuse. You, I bet you could get Tom Hardy to just do like 50 lines of dialogue, and, th- and that's all that. And now it would make sense, you know? Just, no. Eh, maybe. You know, like just very little. The voice actor for Mad Max, and this is actually, he doesn't talk much, but he is pretty good, though. Oh, wait, in the video game, does he have the um, Beyond Thunderdome mullet? You could give him the Beyond Thunderdome mullet. Ah, <laughs> uh, there it is. Beautiful. Sorry, I just got attacked by Shonuff. He uh, doesn't like that name. He loves that name. <laughs> that's why he attacked you. Oh, I think he attacked Joe because he mentioned a mullet. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. But yeah, that's my that's my first pick. Uh, any of you guys want to go next? I would like to go with Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> okay, so anybody else want to go next? <laughs> no, 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 let him have a say. I would like to go with Kingdom Hearts 2 in particular. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's hear it. Oh, that, that was all I had. That's all you had? No no, uh, no interesting story development or... Uh... Well, that's the thing. It's entirely <laughs> left up to the to like the developer. Like, it's a really... It's, it's exactly like a Final Fantasy where, like, it goes in really weird but intricate and, and fun storylines. So you have no fucking idea where it's going to go. Uh, but he's opened up a lot of questions and a lot of things... And said he's going to finish it, but never fucking has. Uh, just like many of our many of our games. He says, "Oh well, after I do this particular game, and then I'll re- I'll forget about it, and then I'll read later that that game that they were waiting on making instead of the thing that would have yielded them uh, much more money uh, <laughs> bombed, 
and had been out and like is is on last year's console and like well where is the thing that you promised me now? Oh uh, wait till till I get to my number one. If you want to hear a rant about that. Still yeah still still not. Out. <laughs> Alex Viet, either of you guys on the other X. I I picked a really obscure game. Um, do any of you guys remember Leisure, Leisure Suit Larry? Yes. <laughs> yes! That game has had a shit ton of sequels, though. Yeah. Not recently. Well, that's true. Yeah, but the only, like, game like that that has had a sequel recently is King's Quest. Uh, that's true. Are you wanting, uh, like, an updated... Yes, I want an updated Leisure Suit Larry. So what are you hoping for with this? What are you, what are you wanting to, them to do? Ugh. Man, I hadn't really thought about it. I just thought it was an interesting game. Which <laughs> <laughs> point and click adventures are kind of... They're hard to do nowadays. Though. They really are. Because back in the day, it made sense because of the limited technology. Yeah, the limited That's graphics. It was, it was good. It was fun to tell a fun, dumb story yeah. while I'm getting attacked by a cat right now. <laughs> you know what? You know what you could do with Leisure, Leisure Suit Larry, though? It'd be a perfect fish-out-of-water scenario. Where you have this old, like, antiquated character from the 80s and 90s, and he shows up in, like, modern day, and he's like Johnny Bravo, where all the corny shtick and womanizing stuff that used to get him laid all the time is no longer, like, accessible. That's actually a really interesting idea. That really is. Oh my God. So he has to talk to, like, hipsters and stuff like that to figure, like, how do you deal with these dames? So, like, he just doesn't get it. Like, and, and he'd just be like Johnny Bravo, the video game. Very much. <laughs> That's, yeah, no, I think I, that could definitely work. They kind of tried to do that with that one that came on the Xbox, the, yeah. the Magnum Come Loud or something. Yeah, like that, that one. Which was, was just an awful, just, awful game. Just, just horrible. And I, I think that pretty much put the nail in Leisure Shoot Larry's yeah. coffin. <laughs> they did know. come out with like an HD remake, kind um, of, of the original, I think, not too long ago. Yeah, not too long ago. But, but let, guys, let's be honest with ourselves. There's no scenario in the Leisure Suit Larry Extended Universe where he doesn't die from AIDS in the 80s. <laughs> that is true. I mean, because he gets himself into some pretty hairy predicaments. You yeah, put STDs in, in that game. In yeah. fact, it should be his nephew, Leisure Suit Harry, who inherits the Leisure Suit. <laughs> Which wasn't, wasn't it his, supposed to be his nephew in the Magnum Cum Loud? I have no idea. I never heard that damn game. See, you have your sequel. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just wasn't satisfied by it. <laughs> what about you, Alex? What do you got? Okay, I'm gonna write the title because there's gonna be a pun. Um, uh, apologize for the typing. You can just mute all this, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's no problem, man. It's not like hours of editing or anything. I'm gonna put a gong in every time you type. All right, so my game is Wind Waker 2, as far as the eye can see. S-E-A. You didn't... Oh, so you came up with a full title. I did. I came up with a full title. Because, um, now, Wind Waker is an amazing game. Uh, damn near faultless. It's fantastic. And you might think to yourselves, what is what more is there possibly to build up on? There is one error in the writing of Wind Waker 2, and it's something that's always bothered me, is that you find out that the bird people are actually, in the flooding of the Earth, have were originally the Zora from Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the dumbest thing ever. There's more water for the fish. They should be loving it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and for some reason, the fish people, to get out of having more water, turn into birds. Meanwhile, the Goron stayed the same. 
who are literally rocks. Well, I mean... How do, what evolutionary sense does it make for a rock to continue being a rock when everything is everything needs to float? Well, I mean... Solidity. There are rocks at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, but not floating rocks that sell you stuff. <laughs> like, honestly, if the world gets flooded, the Zora become the dominant species on the planet, which is what, as far as the eye could see, would go to rectify, where basically you take... You take Link's little ship, you flip it upside, you turn it into a submarine where the little lion becomes the periscope, and you go to the underwater kingdom of the Zora where most of the Zora survived, and you go on these underwater nautical adventures, and you have to deal with, like, evil torpedoes, Ganondorf's, like, underwater enemies and stuff like that, you run into these new, like, bubble cities, and it's a completely different area, and you're underneath the original game. So it doesn't interfere with the original game and the mythology, and then just continues with uh, Zelda trying to explore the world after his success. Zelda exploring the world after his success? So well, yeah, you, yeah you, and you know what? Yeah, you can have Zelda with him and then make oh. Zelda and her little fun pirate crew, because she's the best Zelda ever, because she's actually proactive and whatnot. Have Zelda and her little pirate crew be part of the submarine. Only, like, the problem with this is you're saying make the entire game... Out of basically the third dungeon that nobody can get past. The water temple. <laughs> the entire game of the water temple. Well, except we're not going to do the water temple. There's not going to be a giant frog that's blocking the way that really frustrates you. Instead, you're going to have to deal with things like running around in a submarine and using sonar. So you, when you're in your boat, you can't see everything like you could in Wind Waker because everything's dark. And you might have to deal with depth charges, torpedoes, you know, like angry sharks. Who knows? And you have to navigate this, like, dark, but also fun and plucky, like, landscape and use these new mechanics to have a fun time. I don't think Wind Waker would be the proper title for this version since you're underwater the entire time. Yeah, well, it's like Wind Waker was above the ocean, and then uh, as far as the eye can see is below the ocean. And you can even start it with, like, Zelda and her crew get caught in a whirlpool. There you go. You know, ah! now that I think of it, you, you might actually be getting your sequel, just not the way you want it. Because Breath of Fresh or Breath of uh, the Wind, is that what it is? Uh, yeah, Breath, Breath of the Wind. Or Breath, Breath of, of the Wild. Wild. Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. Uh, has a lot of similar. I don't know if you've seen a lot of the the gameplay, but it has a lot of similar elements uh, that Wind Waker does. Right down to the to the fact that the original uh, uh, getup that he's in uh, resembles your original getup in Wind Waker. Yeah, you've got that more cel shaded style. Also, yeah. uh, the Kokiri that pop up in the game are are not the Kokiri from like uh, Win or Ocarina, Ocarina of Time or or any of the other games. It's from Wind Waker. Like, so this might be like a post Wind Waker. Uh, I'm calling it. I think it's going to be a post Wind Waker game. Hmm. Possibly, but until that game is published and we know what it is, I get to come up with my sequel. <laughs> and my sequel involves Link in an adorable little red submarine with the lion head being the periscope. Tell me that wouldn't be cool. <laughs> hey, Bo, I got you an upgrade. You're a submarine now. Hell yes, let's make this happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm already setting up a Kickstarter right now. <laughs> I'm not actually going to do anything with it like a lot of Kickstarters, I'm just going to steal the money. <laughs> Alright, so... Wait, don't most Kickstarters just do that? That's what he said. Like, oh, yeah, all yeah. Kickstarters. So, anyway... Uh, are you still got more, or...? 
No, that, what me? No, I'm yeah, good. I was sorry. I didn't want to like interrupt you and stop and move on. If, How many titles did you pick? I picked three. Okay. Dear God, I had one and it was half a thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh, an entire month of planning. <laughs> <laughs> it was an entire month of planning. I had a wedding, Gen Con. Alex is here. That is pretty tiring, I can imagine, having Alex in your house. Yeah, I saw in the fridge you didn't give him his Twinkies. Uh, it's not that I didn't give him his Twinkies. He didn't want them? I forgot to give him his Twinkies. I forgot to mention him to him that there were Twinkies. Wait, why is there a plot to feed me Twinkies? <laughs> and he half heard you in the last podcast when you said that there was Twinkies waiting for him. <laughs> You're so- Ghostbuster Twinkies. Oh, gotcha. Oh, man, I'd love the giant Ghostbuster Twinkies. Those would be awesome. <laughs> so, sorry about the So, we, yeah, I think we're, we are kind of going a little longer on this Maybe we should go on stuff. to our third. Well, I do, want, I do want to go on to my main game that I wanted to talk about. Okay, so talk about that one. This is, so, yeah. So, the one that I am absolutely adamant, and it's... It's physically impossible for it to happen now, unfortunately. But one of my absolute favorite game series, they made two of them. Zone of the Enders. Oh, dude. Absolutely love Zone of the Enders. Who here, obviously, be it has. Uh, Ryan, Alex, have either of you ever played Zone of the Enders? Nope. 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 Okay. Oh, so dude. it's a Hideo Kojima game. Uh, it's like his only other title. Besides Metal Besides Gear. Metal Gear that people know about, unless you're counting, like. Snatcher and um, the other one that he, I can't remember the name of it, his old adventure games. That he oh, did. and Death Stranding with the Norman Reedus fetus. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, Zone of the Enders is this mech combat game that it's like playing Gundam Wing. Oh, wait, I think I played this. It is so much fun. The first one is pretty good, and the combat's really fun, but it's kind of bare bones. The sequel is legitimately one of my, to this day, one of my absolute favorite combat games, and has followed so many anime tropes of, like, a handful of guys versus an entire army. Like, there's this one scene where you have a bunch, it's you and your awesome mech with an army of, like, really shitty guys, and you can look on the radar, and the entire, this entire sea of red because all the bad guys just flooding the screen, and you have to fight all of them while protecting the rest of your guys. And you fight in a, another flight of huge armada of ships in your one mech. It is great. And for years, years, Hideo Kojima constantly promised, I'm working on the third game. We will after this one. But then every single time, and he would also say, I'm done with Metal Gear. I'm going to move on, and it would, then he would always mention at some point Zone of the Enders 3, but then he would announce another fucking Metal Gear. I got so tired of Metal Gear Solid. I, I understand why Metal Gear is uh, very famous. I understand why people like it. <laughs> I enjoy the Metal Gear series. I'm not the biggest fan, but I do enjoy them. So what you're saying is you hate Metal Gear. At this point now, yes. Well, <laughs> what you're saying is nano machines. Oh, God. <laughs> Who can... It, well, are you saying that you I don't the, like the I'm feminist... I'm arm of this other guy. I'm controlling this person now because I got attached to him. Wait, are you or saying I... you don't like the feminist icon that is quiet? 
<laughs> oh, that's a whole other episode in and of itself. But, so, the biggest problem with this now is because of what everybody knows happened with Kojima and Konami, their whole breakup, their very massive divorce, and very public massive divorce they very had. Very much, yeah, they hate it. Konami still owns the rights to all of Kojima's work, including Zone of the Enders. So now it is physically impossible to continue that story. I have been looking forward to every... Every so often, he promised a new Metal Gear, or he would always promise that he would come out with Zone of the Enders 3, and then come out with a new Metal Gear instead. Well, but he's still alive, and there are such things as spiritual successors. Exactly. That's my only hope for it right now, is a spiritual successor to Zone of the Enders, but it's not going to continue the story. So he should name it Obi-Wan Kenobi, because it's your only hope. Yeah, pretty Ooh. much. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, like, I, this is how big of a fan of it. I have, I have an, the anime... Of it, I have the OAV movie that takes nice. place before it. I have the collector's edition of the game. I have a figure which they're very hard to find of one of the of the of robots. One of the mech suits. Yeah, of one of the mechs. Oh man. Um, I absolutely love that game, and just my heart was broken. And was that on the PS2? Yes. Yes. Uh, on the PS2. I think I played that. Wasn't it super short? The first one. The first one was. Okay, yeah. I played the first one then, because I remember it being, like, really fast, like, the the uh, the combat. Yeah, oh, God, yes. And But still, at the same time, intuitive and fun, but it was just over quickly. Like, I was like, well, where did the fun go? Those games came out at the same time that Gundam Wing was incredibly popular. Oh. And so the only reason I played the first Zone of the Enders was because it came out as a bonus dit or... The demo of it came as a bonus disc for Metal Gear Solid, Solid. 2. <laughs> and so I played that, and then immediately I'm like, I love this game, because it was like playing one of the fights between uh, Zex Marquis and Hiro Yui from Gundam Wings. <laughs> it was like playing a video game version of that. And played that game, burned through it, and then the sequel came out, and it just blew the first one out of the water completely amazing game mm -hmm. and oh actually I had that backwards the only reason I got it was because the first game came with a demo of Metal Gear Solid 2 that was right so sorry that was my memory was backwards on that but yeah that was the only reason I got the game originally mm -hmm. thought it was amazing so unfortunately dreams are crushed but the most like Ryan said earlier my biggest hope right now is that Hideo Kojima since he's done with Metal Gear after Death Stranding happens or unless Death Stranding turns out to be a mech game I think, actually, if you look at some of the art, there's a, um, uh, Norman Reedus is staring at, like, a mech suit. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> what is this? Uh, I mean, wait, wait, wait a second. What Hideo Kojima property do you know that doesn't eventually involve a giant mech suit? That's true. That is very true. Yeah. I mean, all the mystery in the original Metal Gear Solid games were just giant robots. Yep. Or a computer, if you played the American version. Of Metal Gear. The only Metal Gear Solid game I've ever played was I played, I think, Metal Gear Solid 4, which came out for the PS3. And I thought, oh, well, you know what? Uh, when games come out for a new system, they often have, like, recaps and stuff. No. Nope. I, play, I played the first Metal Gear, and I watched this old man get molested by another old man. And then afterwards, they're like, I see you're recovering from your fight with Liquid. Or Ocelot, from a genetic point of view. Ha 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 And I was like, What? All those games. I, uh, <laughs> that that Rick the old man was an ocelot. I'm sorry to anybody that's a fan of those games. 
they're just they were a parody of themselves by the time Metal Gear Solid 3 came out. Uh, Zone of the Enders 3 was more important, but you fools opted for Metal Gear, so screw you all. You blew it up! But yeah, that's... that's well, with all thing. of that hatred under... Yes. Perhaps we should move on to the Legion of Doom. <laughs> yes. So, somebody else want to introduce this, because I'm still... Still... Filled with rage and hatred. Yes, exactly. Meanwhile, in the Legion of Doom. I believe this was your idea. You can't. Nobody can do it justice like you. Uh... This was. This was my idea. So this was. Um, this is something I've noticed both in, uh, Batman v Superman, and actually in a lot of Marvel movies. You know, I, I'm not just gonna. I'm not just gonna hit on DC. Both franchises actually have a really hard time choosing a, a real villain. You know. Someone that, that actually, like, engages people. And even when Marvel almost hit it with Loki, they turned around and made him a good guy. So they ha- there's this huge, like, genuine good villain, or, like, a, a genuine awesome villain vacuum. Not good villain, but an awesome villain. Or one that genuinely inspires, like, terror or fear or, like, makes you, like, impressed. So I thought it would be cool is if... Now, they don't have to be superheroes. They can be from any movie. But we put together the best villains that we've seen in movies, and we submit them to be accepted into our Legion of Doom. Wait, do they have to be movies? Because I might be disqualified on, like... Yeah, because I thought... My fault was with Ryan. I thought the whole thing was, like... Villains. Hey, who would think would be the best villains for a supervillain team? Well, you know, you can choose, I guess, like, comic books or, like, video games. I don't think there has to be a limit on it. I'm going to choose people for movies, because there are actually a few movies where don't even have supervillains or superheroes in it, and I'm like, this is a way more evil person than, like, Lex Luthor. <laughs> who just wants to molest a corpse. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Then anyway. I, I actually, my first one completely changes. Who is it? Okay, so my, I guess I'm going first then? Yeah, going yeah first. go for it. Uh, I cannot remember her name, but the psycho bitch from Gone Girl. Has anybody but me seen this movie? Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, Jane, or her name's like um, Amy Dunn. So, yeah. That's but, her character's okay. name. So, not, sorry, anybody that hasn't seen the movie, just That's fine. cut ahead. it off for the next five minutes or so because I'm going to spoil the crap out of this film. It is an excellent film. <laughs> the film, basically, she is the most maniacal, conniving person in the world. She tricks the world into thinking that her husband killed her just because she, or she found out that he was having an affair. And basically lures him into this trap. She comes back and she does all this stuff to a perfect plan where he is basically stuck doing exactly what she she wants and pretending to be this happy family by the end of the film. And it's the most intricate, like, I thought of everything level of planning I've ever seen in a villain before. And she does not give a shit she will do whatever it takes in her power with the most intricate plans to make her look like the good guy by the end of it. I, I love your choice. I was actually debating submitting it myself, and I'm glad that you submitted Amy Dunn because she is genuinely evil. By the end of Gone Girl, and I actually talked about this with Warren, by the end of Gone Girl, she makes Amy Dunn... Um, oh, I'm trying, well, who's the actress who plays Amy Dunn? Um... It's amazing, just out of nowhere. Rosamund Pike, there we go. She was in Pride and Prejudice with Keira Knightley. By the end of Gone Girl, Rosamund Pike makes Jesse Eisenberg look like a frustrated toddler. 
If you want to talk about like a genuinely brilliant plan that requires cunning and guile, and it doesn't matter how angry you get because it actually makes your situation worse and you can't just punch the problem away, that is Amy Dunn's character. Amy Dunn would straight up implicate Superman in a murder, and he's like, what are you doing? And she'd be like, that's marriage. Like, and Superman would be forced to, to stay married to this evil woman. Like, genuinely. It's it's amazing, actually, exactly how inter... Not, not just evil, but how intelligent she is. Yeah. She ruined, like, all of her... Ex- you find out throughout the film that she ruined all of her exes' lives over all this other just, like, very piddly stuff. And it... It's just astounding. That movie blew me away. And not just because of David Fincher's directing. Wow. Like, legitimately because she was just the most evil, cunning psycho I've ever seen. I don't know why I didn't see this movie. It's so good. Also, your choice makes my choice sound cartoonish. And (laughs) I'm not sure I have... have Don't worry, I have some cartoonish ones too. I'm not sure I have a good choice. I have three, and one of which I'm sure Alex has already picked. Uh, two of which are cartoonish. So, I'll go with the, uh, cartoonish one. Okay. Just balance uh, it out here? Just, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was Eobard Thawne from The Flash, season one. No, no, this isn't actually, this isn't cartooning at all. I, I fully endorse this. Uh, he was a pretty good supervillain, and by far my favorite episode in television, spoiler alert, was when he killed Cisco right before telling him, you've been like a son to me. Sorry, but you've been dead for me, <laughs> to me for years. Like, oh, that, that whole scene was finale-worthy. Yeah. Like, Flash so, has a bunch of small moments like that that don't get enough credit, honestly. Some would say I'm the reverse. <laughs> that made me shit myself. On the couch, like I just Ew. right on the couch, on the couch, on it. Oh yes, dude, <laughs> you uh, probably shouldn't be sitting there. <laughs> now me and Joe are both standing up. You, sir, have made the list. <laughs> what's What's great, actually, about um, what I and again, I also I fully love this character because I I at like. Uh, he gets away actually with everything almost by the end of the by the end of the season. He it wasn't for those meddling kids. Yeah, no, no, like, but he—it's a genuinely practical. You know, he even when he doesn't have his speed or his powers, he can still manipulate Barry into doing what he wants, so he can make good his escape and, and get everything that he needs out of it. And what's great is it's it's weird they combined Obi Wan Kenobi and Emperor Palpatine into one character with Eobard Thawne in the Flash. He is he is both the Flash's mentor and friend and guide and also his greatest enemy. And even even in season two, when they revisit the same character, he's still just as evil and cunning. Yeah. Like uh, Barry goes back in time and asks his well mentor slash evil villain for advice, and he can tell right away, "You're not the Barry that I know." You're not yeah. the one from this time. So he, he handcuffs him, knocks him out, and is right about to vibrate a hand through his chest, and he goes, ah, so you figured out time travel in the future, huh? Like, he just immediately picks it up, and it's so good. And then Tom Cavanaugh does this amazing job as just like a because he's not maniacal, you know? He's not, meh, like, 
he's just reserved. And and the first time you see it in the show where he just steps out of his wheelchair and just vibrates his hand through somebody's heart. Yeah. It's it's all practical. He does everything he needs to to further his plot and nothing more. He doesn't necessarily enjoy murdering people. He just gets really frustrated. To be fair, though, I will say this. As manipulative and everything he is, truth be told, the Grant Gustin version of Barry Allen is not the hardest person to manipulate. No, no, no. He's incredibly gullible. In Just fact, other, other, gave up his speed. And in fact, people from other dimensions make fun of how gullible like he is. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your speed or I'll hurt your friends and fat. Wait, you actually gave him your speed? Holy shit. Yeah. I, that yeah. was, like, part one. Your friend it's, was already saved. You, you had them here. <laughs> My favorite is when Earth 2 Harrison Wells is talking to Zoom and he goes, I get it. You're trying to fatten him up like a turkey and you want me to take his speed for you. And I, I, I really wish Zoom would have been like, oh, no, I was just going to kill him, but that sounds like a great plan. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and get that done now? So, uh, yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah. He just gave up his speed. What an idiot. But despite how stupid Barry is and how awesome Cisco is, um, like, just, oh, I love Eobard Thawne. Fantastic villain. Like, that, the season finale of Flash Season 1 is one of my favorite season finales in a TV show. Um, yeah, anything else on him? Or? Not, not on him, no. Uh, who, who's Viet? Viet? Do you have yeah. a, a supervillain? That's okay. I, I've got another one. Okay. <laughs> Wait, you don't have any villains to submit? I had time to think of villains, but other things caught my attention and demanded attention, so I couldn't actually make a list. Oh, what's her name? Uh, the... Life. Oh, wow, there it is. <laughs> I blew the case wide open. <laughs> um, well, Ryan, do you want to go again, or do you want me to submit my villain? Um, actually, why don't I, I think one of yours is going to be, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, and if, if I'm wrong, we'll not count him, uh, the, uh, the teacher from Whiplash. Absolutely. Ryan, you, you've seen Whiplash, right? Yes. God, it's been a long time since I've seen Whiplash, I do not remember that character. Uh, J.K. Simmons, you'll, you'll, you'll understand, if you've seen Whiplash, if, if yeah, tell me if you remember this, were you rushing, or were you dragging? Nope. Oh, come on. that film. Oh, it's such I a was, good film. I was drunk when I watched okay, it. Okay, um, it's, it's actually, um, I like, first off, I just love Whiplash, because I like seeing a grown man slap Miles Teller in the face, because Miles Teller is a very punchable face. <laughs> wait, 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 are we talking about Whiplash, the Drew Barrymore? No. 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 Oh, okay, completely different movie I was different thinking of. Life. That's why I don't remember J.K. Simmons in it. So, this is a movie that came out fairly recently. Um, I, it took me a long time to get Ryan to watch it. It's a very tiny indie movie. And it's about Miles Teller, who actually was a drummer in real life. He plays a Miles Teller-like character who is an arrogant, like, self-loving douche who only hangs out with himself, basically. And, and, this will come up interesting later, he dates Supergirl, um, the actress who plays Supergirl. Right? Like, she's in it. And he goes to this famous music conservatory, and J.K. Simmons is a jazz band, a jazz studio teacher at this conservatory, and Miles Teller is the new drummer, and J.K. Simmons is basically this angry, ferocious, manipulative, incredibly intimidating figure. 
I never thought I would be scared watching a movie about people playing instruments. But J.K. Simmons genuinely fits the full profile of a supervillain in Whiplash. Watch he, Green Room, then. Huh? Watch Green Room, then. Like, he is... He, the way he has, like, manipulates Miles Teller and gets him to do what he wants and literally starts, like, ruining Miles Teller's life because he's in his brain so much is fascinating. And again, you get to watch J.K. Simmons slap Miles Teller in the face, and that's something you should never pass up. But but also... We are going to watch, watch Whiplash. Right, Whiplash, yeah. Right, but yeah. also, there are two interesting things about the movie Whiplash that are in my headcanon. They never mention which city it takes place in, and also, they hardly mention the character that Supergirl plays. And Miles Teller gives her this speech, and he's like, I don't think our relationship's going to go anywhere because I'm just so caught up in my jazz music. And the thing is, you don't know what you want to be in life, but I know I want to be one of the greats. And then she starts like getting really sad. She, she goes, because I'm not super ambitious, and since I don't treat you like shit the way you treat me like shit, and I'm never going to be one of the greats, like you can't be with me. And he's like, yeah. And he dumps her. In my mind, I think that was actually Supergirl. And that, <laughs> and that Miles Teller dumped Supergirl because he thought she was mild-mannered and not great, but she was actually protecting her identity. <laughs> that is great. Now I have to rewatch it just for that. Be, and imagine when you when, when you rewatch this, and when you rewatch this with Joe and V at Ryan, imagine when Supergirl shows up, like she's working in a movie theater, imagine that Supergirl. <laughs> it adds. It Miles genuinely adds a completely out. different layer to this movie, and how Miles Teller is this giant asshole and ruins a shot with a literal superhero. But it's J.K. Simmons. It's like he will make your blood curdle, and I'm not going to give away the third act because I genuinely believe in being referential to spoilers. But the third act is genuinely terrifying. I almost pissed myself a little bit when I first saw it. It is. It's so worth it. Yeah, the, the, your your heart stops and the world stops and you're like, what? And then you're just filled with fear. It's amazing. Um, and it's a movie about music and I don't even like movies about music. Yeah, yeah. Alex, rec Alex was uh, recommending it to me one night and uh, I think I found it on HBO or some shit and I was, I was like, oh, you, you think this is a good movie? And he says, yes, watch it. And I was like, but, you know, like there's other good shit on... He's like, no, watch it, watch it. Yeah, it's 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 a character drama, and it's it's these two people who are clashing in a genuine hero and villain sort of way. Mm -hmm. It's it's a it's amazing. Like, are, are you guys gonna watch it after the podcast? Probably not right after. But... Yeah, probably not tonight. Not, not enough time, but uh... we'll probably get together sometime and watch it. Yeah. All right, we'll check this out. Ryan can tell you, I don't I don't recommend movies lightly. No, and he, he recommended this, like, like... Fifteen times. Like, he had written it. So I was like, okay, fine, man, I'll watch it. <laughs> like, I was on the press junket, like, texting him, like, on the red carpet. <laughs> like, dude, you, you've, got to, you've got to watch it. you got now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to, oh, okay, uh, well, that's our third, yeah, third nominee? Yep, to, yeah. yeah. Uh, Joe, you said you had more? Uh, no, not this week. Okay. I was going to save that for... Our, I've, I've, I've got one more. Uh, unless well, let, let's, let's give Viet a chance to redeem himself. I want him to come up off the cuff, and you, I know that you... I know there's a villain you like somewhere. There has to be. Let me, let me, let me, let me think. Um, are any of you guys familiar with the Masters of Horror series? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
Okay, do you remember the one that was starring uh, Billy Drago? I don't know who that is off the top of my head. He always plays a villain. Anyway, he was an American traveler, and he goes to a geisha house. And the mistress there is telling him a story about one of his girls. That mistress of that, of that geisha house is actually one of my nominees. Um, she just, basically, she tortures and beats her geisha girls. And she also performs their abortions when they get pregnant. <laughs> Well, so she's that just part, like, it sounds like a really dark. bad porn. <laughs> no, but her methods of torture is why I nominate her. Um, her most brutal form was is that um, basically she had the girls tied up. And uh, with uh, acupuncture needles. Um, she, uh, she inserted an acupuncture needle under each one of the nail beds of, her, of oh. their hands. Each one of the nail beds of their feet. And in... You know that part of the, you know, each one of the teeth, you know, where the... Yeah. There was an acupuncture needle there, too. Ow. And this is for girls who didn't listen. So she's just a sadistic kind of... Pretty much straight-up sadist, and I'm just like, I absolutely love this lady, and she is my pick. <laughs> well, now that, that brings a window into your personal life. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> but, uh, you know... I don't know if anybody else has seen it, but... I don't think I've seen that one. No, I haven't seen that, but you know, she sounds pretty damn, like, uh, list-worthy. So, uh, I think so. What's her well, name? I can't remember. That's the thing. All right, I'm going to put down I can't remember. <laughs> when I get the name. One word. Yeah. So are we doing more this week, or are we just going with the four and continuing this? Well, I, I, I suggest we start with whatever we have this week. Okay. And then next week we submit... One and vote on someone to to replace. Yes, uh, I think that's a good, good call. Okay. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and just pick to replace. I can't remember. Geisha. <laughs> Geisha mistress. Yeah. Wait, was it was her name Komomo? I think so. Maybe. I'm gonna have to look up the Masters of Horror thing. Yeah. I should have did my research. <laughs> <laughs> But I already like I, I already like these four better than uh, the actual Legion of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> I almost put Lex on there, but there hasn't been Lex a good like I haven't seen a good uh, interpretation Outside of it. He's of the my comics. he's my favorite or, supervillain or cartoon shows. Um, yeah, my I would say my favorite Lex Luthor is probably from the Superman animated series. Either the Superman animated series or the Young Justice version. Yeah. Um, I just, there's this one scene where you see Lex Luthor, and he's like, um, and the, the whole Metropolis turns red. There's, like, red light. There's something filtering with the sun. And Lois Lane is, t- is talking to Lex Luthor, and Lex Luthor's playing golf, like, in the red light outside. And they're like, so what are you doing this time, Lex? And he goes, you do realize that, like, this red light is costing me $3 million a day. Why would I do this? And then he just hangs up on her. Like, he's not even offended that she suspected him. It's just that she did, couldn't think of a logical reason that it would benefit him. <laughs> and on top of that, that red light kind of gives him exactly what he's always wanted, anyway. Yeah. yeah. For Superman to be powerless. Well, uh, I think that's... Yeah, uh, we have our list. Uh, we're going to add to it next week, each of us, uh, be it are going to come up with a new... Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just call you right out there. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. 
No, no, it's okay. In in fairness, I did my research for all of these segments during the show. (laughs) Uh, Komomo was the girl he was looking for. Oh, gotcha. But, uh, yeah, her name is, uh, basically, in the, it's Torture Woman, so. Oh, she just, so she doesn't really have a name. Yeah, she doesn't really have a name. Yeah, right. uh, yeah. there, there are two movies, uh, in, in reference to this, I, I don't want to call it homework, but there are two movies I would really, really like it if you guys could, could all watch, preferably together, so you could comment about it. Um, the first one being Whiplash, obviously, and the, the second one being Sicario. Yeah, I've seen Sicario. I've heard it's good. It, it's, it's as good as Whiplash, though? Uh, it is up there. It's actually the director and cinematographer who did Sicario are going to do Blade Runner. And bear in mind, I thought a Blade Runner sequel was going to be terrible. Then I saw Whiplash, and I was like, I'm on board. I, again, that's, that could take up a whole other episode. Yes. Yeah. But, um, but um, so similar to Whiplash, it's, it's, Sicario is very similar to Whiplash in that it's a fairly small contained movie. But it does tension, genuine tension. You feel afraid as the characters are in like terrible situations. And and just to endorse it, I actually saw this movie in theaters with two veteran buddies of mine, one who was in the Marine Corps in Afghanistan and one who was in infantry in Afghanistan. And both of them love the way that they depicted Delta Force. And it's probably one of the most accurate depictions of the various echelons of like military proficiency in the government. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's it's it. I genuinely endorse it, and also it's and I call dibs on Sicario for next week's Justice League or Legion of Doom. And after you see that movie, you'll understand why. All right. So I. Alright. I was glad for the delay in that one. <laughs> so that is our show this week. Uh, again, we are Astronauts Anonymous, bringing you the nerdy news one step at a time. Have a good night. Peace. Peace. Gong. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>